Welcome to History 21, the podcast, a production of the Anoka County Historical Society, sharing the stories and audio journeys from our county's past and present. We are recording. This on. It is on. Technology's amazing, Sarah. How you doing? Hello, Rebecca. <laughs> and more chaos ensues. Tomorrow is Riverfest. <laughs> Are you ready? No, because it's only Monday. <laughs> we might be recording this on a different day, people, and now I'm confused. Don't pull back the curtain too much. We are going to be ready, and we enjoyed seeing everybody there. <laughs> Lest you be listening to this in the future. <laughs> but what are we doing today? Today, we get to talk about... See, this is really good introduction, because this was a really chaotic project that is the podcast, actually. So this is perfect. Very true. Okay, so back several months... I went into the middle school classrooms for Creative Writing 2 and spent some time with about 12 students um, writing historic fan fiction, or what we might want to call historical fiction, to make it proper. It seemed like we weren't having too much fun. <laughs> and it was just down the road at the Anoka Middle School for the Arts, Fredmore Campus. Which you have a long and storied relationship with. It was my middle school. It was. <laughs> Her name is still scratched in the wall somewhere. <laughs> I would never do that. But the uh, historical fiction that you and the students were writing, was that based on something? Why, yes, indeed. As all good historical fiction is based on something, uh, one of the things we talked to the kids about was it's actually the greatest lie you've ever told. If you think about that, you, you have to fluff it up with all of the fanciness, but it has to be believable. It has to be grounded in reality. Otherwise, no one's ever going to believe the greatest lie. It has to be grounded in reality and in fact and in believability in researched history. And then you get to make up all of the stuff on top of it. And you gave them a jumping off point from the collection here at the Historical Society, right? Yeah, we used the, the Grote Diary. James Grote um, wrote a diary for years and years and turned it into a memoir. And it contains three years of his journey around through the Civil War. And so we used him as a historical person in Anoka. He was a carpenter. And his connection to the town, um, the map of Anoka, and you know the kids kind of found where they were on the map and um, where they were grounded in the school and, and how it played into his life, you know, a hundred years ago and what he did in and around through his wanderings in the civil war. Um, we talked about the invisible people. So you read a portion of the diary and he doesn't name people and it was bothering them. I said, there's people in the story. And they said, no, there isn't. And I said, yes, there is. There's people in the story. No, there isn't. He's not naming anybody. And I said, look, this isn't going to come to fisticuffs. There's people in the story, but they're invisible, like the post person, the postman, or the the people in the, the cooks, or the the people washing dishes in the camp, or the general, or the people on the battlefield, or the people just walking down the street past you. He wasn't in the war alone. No, there was a whole slug of people around, and and who those people are, and we pulled those out, and we made character sketches, 
and we dreamed up stories of how they interacted with each other and how they interacted with Grote, and that then became the fan fiction. So this episode is a lot of interviews uh, between the students themselves. They got to interview each other once those characters were made, and uh, I think we'll just dive in, and Rebecca, you'll give us some context along the way. I shall. Um, woohoo! All right, you have a big whopping two minutes to practice with the fuzzy bunnies. What is this? It's a microphone that we lovingly call the fuzzy bunny. Why? And Why? There's a story of the day, everything. Why? Why? Because, because, because. So that was one of the most fun parts of working with students. I was really impressed by the amount of research that the students were willing to do because it's not every day that they can dig into history like that in their own direction on their own terms. And I think that really helped them put some context and make it their own personal story. Um, never done an interview before. Same, I don't know how to, like, I've asked this questions is... before, but never. So, what should our question be? I actually have to think about that. Your so, he so his parents so Charlie Charlie's parents would die about the time about April 1861 so about when the war started so he would so he would be on the run he would meet Grote 1863 I would say so I feel like 1863 is when is like the specific date you should look for because because I can change it to 1864 if we need to, but like those two years specifically, because yeah. I don't want to make it so he's just been on the run for like one year. Was there like anybody that you met when, when or when your character was on the run? Like, was there anybody that helped him I, out or hmm. anything like that? I feel like he would probably meet other people mm-hmm. that were on the run, people or people that were like refugees potentially. He'd probably sneak into refugee camps places where law would not go normally so yeah probably refugee camps somewhere there, okay. if those existed which i don't know if there's could you, could you check that please since you're the one with the computer yeah so what was your character's childhood like um my character had a really hard childhood he was really poor and he had to work at start working at a flower factory when he was 10 or 11 and he worked there for until he was like 23 and then he started in the army does yours have a husband i mean yeah husband and kids if so how many kids and how old are they and what are they okay so she has a husband his name is william grope and he was a great guy he his first job was selling strawberries and then she has one kid john wrote and he went off to war and she misses him that's really cool one of the things that really made the characters come to life for the students once they got the initial kind of story laid out was talking to each other with these interviews 
because they had to actually become the character for a minute and think like the character. And suddenly they were interacting with the other character as friends. And the stories got really kind of wild at that point. And not all the information made it into the final story, but it gave them a better sense of who these people were. Oh, it's already recording. <laughs> Okay, okay. Good start. So, Joey Grout. It was not Joe. It was James. Let's pause this. So, how did uh, how did you know Grout? He's my brother. Interesting. I uh, I met your brother in in Iran prison and they had a prison break because there was soldiers like myself who hadn't gotten broken out yet and they needed to go through the federal prison to get us out. So that's how I met your brother. Yeah. Um my name is Rosemary. I'm thirty two years old. Um my name's Margaret May West and I am twenty five years old. Um, where do you work? I work at a family business. It's a bakery. So do I. I work at my parents' bakery. Why did you decide to start working at your parents' bakery? Or were you kind of forced into it? Um, well, my, my dad died when I was 17 years old and more. And then my mom died at 21 to, um, typhus and, um, I just wanted to keep the family business going. Yeah, I um, my parents had me start working there when I was really young at their bakery, but my mom had me start working and help her rebuild the bakery um, when I got old enough because my dad passed away when I was only about two months old because the bakery started on fire because one of the um, mixers caught fire and she had me help rebuild it and we had a bunch of people help rebuild it um a lot of them were friends with my dad the one that probably helped most was james Grote. i know james Grote too he was one of my he's one of my regular customers at my bakery yeah he was uh best friends with my dad and he helped us rebuild the bakery before he was sent to war Anyways, I gotta go. I gotta go help with the bakery. It was nice talking to you, though. <laughs> Me too. Bye. So after all was said and done at the end of the year, I sat down with three of the students and just asked them how they approached writing and whether the historical fiction was new to them, whether it was something that they really enjoyed. Um, and since this was a pilot program, we really wanted to know what we could do to make it better the next year. And having that input from the students was critical um, in creating the new unit, which the students coming into the eighth grade Creative Two are going to be working on in January. All right, I suppose we put on our serious faces. Okay. <laughs> to whom am I speaking? Um, you're talking to Charles Jackson. Oh, lovely. And Charles, would you mind spelling your name? Oh, shoot. <laughs> <laughs> I totally got you. All right, put on your writer hat. Who am I talking to now? Jaden Burnt. 
And your grade? Eighth grade. Awesome. So high school for you too. I'm scared. Are you really? Yeah. I think I'll like it though. I think you're going to love it. But everybody is supposed to tell you that so that you actually do, right? Mm -hmm. Is there something with the writing that helps you process the anxiety about space? I mean, writing just kind of makes me feel free, to be honest. So I enjoyed writing that. I was kind of rushing, and then I took my time after you left those notes to like fix it up and make it better than it was. Even though my computer didn't type the most important letters, T and Y, so I had to flip <laughs> it over and try and type that way, so that was fun. <laughs> Technology gremlins get everybody, they're terrible. So good to deal with that. I tried putting in my password, has one of the most important letters, I had to flip over my computer. Teachers look at me like, what the heck is she doing? Like, <laughs> it came to me like this, I swear. I swear. I already had to swap it out another time. I got with the, another unlucky computer. Like, come on. This is where you just go back to Edgar Allan Poe's pencil and just longhand it, right? Yes. What is it? Is it different writing pencil and paper compared to computer with you? Yes. Pencil and paper, I write really fast. Computer might take me a while, and I try and look at my grammar a lot on that. But pencil, I kind of just like because one, you can bring it pretty much anywhere. You don't need Wi-Fi or anything for the Google Docs. Right. So I just take my pencil when I'm outside and I'm bored. I just start writing random stuff. I love it. It's awesome. Is it like what you're seeing or what you're feeling? Yep. Okay. Or just whatever randomly comes to my mind. Like, I had a story idea about stars and, like, how they were cities and stuff, so I'm going to continue writing that when I get home. Oh, that's cool. So last night I was writing some of that. I love that. Because I love stars, and I'm probably going to get an astronomy book sometime from a library. Nice. Not this one, because, you know. It's closed. <laughs> so that... The, the Groat story sounds like a very different type of writing than what you do on your personal time. Mm -hmm. How did that feel? So Groat took a lot more research for me because I had to find out the places and like see how actually far apart they are by car and stuff. Which it wasn't that far, but it would take longer for him to get to the place he wanted to go because he was stopping at a hotel and continuing driving. Right. But I wanted to include the hotel because Charles Jackson was the one who put together that hotel. So I thought it would just make it more interesting. Yeah. Because yeah. I like hotels, you know? I like traveling, seeing stuff, exploring. I'm into that type of stuff. If we were going to do this again next year, because this was a pilot project, what would you suggest we change? How could we make it better? I'd say, like, Maybe have people get together while they're writing the story and share ideas with each other because then they could link it together more. Okay. And it would be like one big entire group just meeting each other somehow, which oh, I think would be, be really interesting and add more life to the story. Jaden, thank you for your time and energy on this project. It's been really fun to work with you. Thank you for interviewing me. My pleasure. Oh, yes. <laughs> Thank you.
For the record, madam, could you state your name, please? My full name yes. is uh, Lily Erickson. And you're in grade? Eight. Perfect. So high school next year. Mm -hmm. All right. You got this. So tell me a little bit about your character in the story. Um, well, my character's name is uh, Oliver. Uh, he's a uh, minor, and um, he used to live in uh, Tennessee. Was uh, just a regular minor, and then um, his uh, parents they were talking to him, and uh, he uh, didn't agree with all their like rules and all what they believed in and all that. So that was also a reason why he decided to leave and go to Minnesota and all that. How did it feel writing that character and creating that character with that story? Well, it was definitely new because I never really really go into the characters or really write from the personality or anything like that. So it was definitely new and um, just a more different experience than what I'm used to. So it was more, uh, it was fun. <laughs> was it? Yeah. It was fun? Mm -hmm. How did it challenge your brain to do that new type of writing? Well, it made me think about like a lot of new stuff, and it made me like think of what he would go through and what he would experience, and just how he would act, and just had to think of a different way to act and all that. It sounds like it was an exercise in empathy. Mm. Was there anything else that you wanted the world to know about Oliver, about the story? Anything. This is your chance. Uh, <laughs> the world is your oyster. Mm. Well, I definitely think that uh, writing in this this um, format in this story would uh, it definitely changed how I view a bunch of different things and how I view grow and how I view like all of, all of this and all that. So I think it um, expanded my comfort zone a little bit with writing and with just the character in general. So I think that. If other people want to write like this, I feel like if you, even if you aren't good at it or if it doesn't turn out good, it would definitely be more of an exploring experience for yourself and just for your writing skills and abilities. I love that. What could we have done better in, in this class that we, it was a pilot project, so mm. what can we do better next time? Um, well, it was a little difficult for me to think like the character and think of what he would do and how he would interact with others and all of that. So maybe um, maybe you could like show off a character and like more and like go in more detail about it and say like more about the character itself rather than like how he met Grote or how like she met Grote. And you could just explain the character more. Okay. Rather than explaining how they met Grote. Cool. So we should do it again? Yes, I okay. think that this was definitely uh, exploring, and it was, it was definitely a lot of fun to just go out of my comfort zone and write like this. I <laughs> love that. The million-dollar question. Mm -hmm. Will you come up to the museum and see me through the summer? Maybe. My mom and dad, actually, when I told them about the interview, they actually talked about coming to see you cool. and coming to the museum to check it out. Cool. All right. I'll take you up on that. Mm -hmm. Thanks, Lily. Mm -hmm. Nice. Course. To whom am I speaking? This is Jaden Rye Bailey from the state of Georgia. And your grade? Uh, eighth grader. Awesome. So 
the other people we've interviewed are also going to high school and are marginally terrified as well. <laughs> but cool steps. So tell me about the pilot project that we just completed. Give me a little bit of the good, the bad, and the ugly about how this worked out. Well, the uh, project in itself, um, once we properly got into it, maybe uh, halfway through the year, it wasn't bad. Um, the nice thing about the historical society, passed out books, read through them. Um, the process in itself was a very curt thing. Um, not quite saying it was rushed um, by any means, though one may say that we didn't we never took proper time to read through the text, get to know Groot in a, um, or Groot, whoopsie, in a very uh, intimate way that one may say a friend can, since it is, a journalist is a very intimate thing, you know, you write your loves, your story, your own personal fantasies on that thing. But I think even though we didn't, um, a lot of us, I would presume, for very writing, did do quite well. I mean, once, um, we would go through the books, we would figure out a specific um, thing we like in the book, and we would kind of anchor ourselves around that point. The nice person at the Historical Society um, showed um, points at which Groot had gone to. So, of course, I myself had liked the idea of what happened before. How did, well, tell us a little bit about your story. Right. About <laughs> What's the action of the story? All right. So, it's just this kid, right? He, so with all those dead um, adults, all those missing, all those um, handicapped people coming back and gone, um, they left a lot of families. Um, I myself experienced that. Father, Iraq. Big O, Big O isn't very nice. Um, this kid specifically, uh, I think his name is David or some rather average white name. He, was left by his father. Um, in this specific case, his father died. With how I know I didn't, I still need to edit a bit more, but with how I wrote it, he's looking back and he's talking with hindsight, whereas in the scenario, he's just some stupid kid who is handling emotions he can't quite understand yet. I mean, his father is gone, he is stuck with his mother. His father alone didn't make much before he went off to the Civil War. Now, with the pension he gets from you know, being a soldier, I don't believe it's very much. Even She's shaking her head at me right now, so <laughs> it's not much money, I assure you. That alone, I mean, they're not a wealthy family. And, um, I found that if I used my own personal experiences and interwoven, uh, written, wrote it into the story with uh, David, I felt I could perhaps feel closer to my character, write better, or even just write the story better. Uh, since I myself have experienced these things and it comes from a place of um, knowledge in that sense. Was there a sense of cathartism when you're writing then, if you're working yourself into the character? Oh, certainly. I find, I, I find, um, where I, of course, don't want to exude too much of myself in that. Um, I, Christ, it would it'd be terrible. I mean, 
but I do find that myself, um, I don't like to talk to people too much about what I'm going through since, you know, I can just tough it out, but it is a outlet for, for me personally to write down my own experiences, um, yada, yada, like one point is, um, my father, right? Um, I've struggled that lots and lots of years. I still do to some degree, um, as all kids with, uh, fathers who are gone do. And it's, it helps get off my chest. Some things I find myself in others I've written as I like to write sometimes. I've written characters just for fun and I like to include a little bit of myself in them so they feel just that tiny bit human and not just some stupid words on a piece of paper. And you're absolutely right. Um, I use writing is great for me. Um, it helps me process stuff and you know, it's yeah, it acts as my as my safe space in a way. And yeah, it's, it's writing's done in that sense. <laughs> it can catch you off guard though too. <laughs> yeah. Writing along and all this, and you're like, oh, oh, Jesus, <laughs> what just happened there? <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm I'm grateful that your your brain landed in this class and on this project. Of course. What style of writing do you usually head towards? Oh, of course. Um, usually I like um, first person. Um, I love works by this guy. His name is um, Osamu Dazai, um, as well as Fedor Dostoevsky. There's these very contemporary pieces that... <sighs> There's a sharp distinction between... Um, your normal day scholastic books <laughs> mm -hmm. and these very classical um, books. They, if I may sound just a, a little bit pretentious for the sake of this project, um, it, it reminds me of like a waltz and how they curve these words in these in the most articulate and beautiful ways. Their prose are just magical. The way they articulate themselves is fantastic. So Harkening back to the question, usually um, I try to emulate the writers I love most, which are these very classical um, 40s to these, or 1940s to just these straight up um, uh, 1800s, uh, like Fyodor Dostoevsky and some other uh, authors I really love. Writing is an art. And Absolutely. when you hear you wove the words together, you know, there, there's a reason that that's in our vernacular, that people take words and weave them together into a story. Oh, absolutely. Jaden, I appreciate your time and your brain, and I hope that we can be part of each other's existence moving forward. Of course, that'd be nice. Awesome. <laughs> I will officially stop said recording. The conversations between the students were unscripted, and it was really interesting to listen to them have the same conversations between each other that we actually have at the museum about representation and about roles changing through time and about 
who people are in history and how we are similar to them, but yet we're not, and representation. And don't ever let anyone tell you that middle school kids aren't smart. Okay. Hello, my name is Laura Birch, and I am the mother of Grote. Hi, my name is General Rachel Kutch, and I um, I was um, in war with him. What was he like during the war? He was very tense, and he was very determined to win the war and have our side win. And he was very patriotic. Mm -hmm. He really stood up for the right side. Mm -hmm. And what was it like to fight alongside him? It was really interesting to see that other side of him that normally people don't see. Did you struggle with the research? Definitely. In what way? Uh, I didn't know what to research or who I was writing about. Um, so it was just spontaneous? Very spontaneous. Okay. It just like came into my mind. I just imagine it like you did not base it off anything in real life or anything like that? Nope. Joey Grout did not exist. Did you have trouble? Oh, oh yeah. I had a lot of trouble. I struggled a lot with the dates because I needed to make them match up perfectly and I wanted the I wanted the characters to have a certain age gap and I wanted them to be like I I even cared about days at this like I even cared about days. Specific. Like really specific, really meticulously done. So that I think that's what like took me a lot of time and effort was like to research actual time and also names like names from the 1800s and 1700s. That was like one of the most difficult things because they all sound so ordinary, you know? So I had to find something that was relevant to our story. I mean, you can't name a character George Washington. (laughs) Right, or Abraham Lincoln. Like, that's just so ordinary. Exactly. Britney Spears. Right. It just, it would not work. It, It wouldn't work. It's not compatible with our story. What made you choose this character? Um, I wanted to make emphasis in women during the Civil War because it's always like, oh yeah, women stay in the house and women take care of baby and women feed baby and men die in war. Especially with men going to war, they had to take a lot of roles on. Oh yeah. And like, I feel like they, of course it's deserved. They deserve that attention because they give their life for our country. Yeah. Um, but there's not enough stories about women and what they did for their families. So many, so many people forgotten in history. Yeah, or like what they did for the country. Like Ethel, she is a like a battlefield nurse. Like that's like extremely important. Yeah. And people disregard uh, women a lot, and I just wanted to like uh, put people's interest into a woman into history conversation so i guess we can just like leave it off there dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. we leave it to the to the listener to make their own opinion so what do you think yep what do you think audience they're at both once very very cognizant conscientious 
until that bell goes off. Then it's all over. <laughs> Back to being kids. <laughs> what is your character's name? Hutchton. Hutchton, okay. What's yours? I'm out of here. <laughs> Read all about it in the Noka County Library Minute. Hello, my name is Diana Nurberg. I'm a librarian for Anoka County Library, and I'm here with your Library Minute. Let's get started. First, we have a book about the first Minnesota. It's called Every Man Did His Duty, Pictures and Stories of the Men of the First Minnesota by Wayne D. Jorgensen. This is a thorough visual and written record of over 100 men who served in the first Minnesota. In addition to photos of the men, the author includes other primary source documentation as well, such as diaries, pension records, newspaper articles, family archives, and more. The combination provides the reader with a vivid understanding of the time period and people involved. Next, we have a few resources for those interested in creative writing. First, we have You Can't Make This Stuff Up, the complete guide to creative nonfiction from memoir to literary journalism and everything in between by Lee Gutkind. Founder and editor of Creative Nonfiction, the magazine, the author of this book defines creative nonfiction as true stories well told. He divides his guide to the genre into two parts. The first, an exploration of what it is, isn't, and the rules of writing it. And the second part is devoted to actually writing creative nonfiction. Next, we have Just Write, Here's How by Walter Dean Myers. As a prolific and popular author of young adult fiction, Walter Dean Myers has the know-how to walk young people through the creative writing process. In his book, he tackles topics like how to plan out your story, character development, plot, and more, including a list of his top 10 writing tips. Finally, we have an online resource called Min Writes, Min Reads. Local authors, indie, self-published, aspiring, and mainstream, can now create ebooks and share them with readers across the state and country using free tools provided by the Anoka County Library. Create, design, and export your, export your own ebook using Pressbooks. Share your ebook with readers across the state and potentially the country using Indie Author Project. And read books by indie authors on Biblioboard. Check out these and many more resources from your local Anoka County Library. Until next time, happy learning. Get those library cards and reserve your copy today. Direct links to these books and more can be found in the episode show notes at anokacountyhistory.org. You had so much fun on your middle school days. I did. <laughs> I love that age group. That is my ideal age group. Some people say that they are the armpit of society, but... I disagree. Or at least I bring the deodorant along. And, <laughs> <laughs> and you're already planning next year. Yeah, sat down with creative writing teachers and instead of just doing the pilot where it was stretched out from January to May, you know, every three weeks or so, they're actually going to do a unit in January so that the whole month is Groat's Diary. And so the students will get a little bit more background on Groat as a person rather than just a 20 minute hit from the PowerPoint and a little bit more guided reading through the memoir, through the diaries. So they have a little bit better idea of him as a brain. Then we'll go into the character sketches. We'll do the interviews. And, and so we'll come out with another product similar to these stories, which some of them do live on our website. 
Oh, so you can read the fan fiction? You can totally read the fan fiction. It's amazing. Um, due to privacy issues and, you know, just wanting to make sure that the students have, um, you know, their name isn't out in the public eye, you'll see just initials on the stories that are on the website and not everybody wanted their story on the website, which is why there's a relatively small number. Um, and that's also why some of the students aren't named in the podcast, that it's just their voice. Um, the students that did have their full name uh, got parent permission for that one. So uh, we just want to make sure that you know we're being respectful of their space as humans as well. Excellent. I am excited. Grote never would have imagined that people would be taking his memoir and jumping off in this way. No, and this could really be a community project. Because we have copies of the diary. It is actually available on PDF. And uh, you could write your own Grote fan fiction. And this could really just be a community historical fiction. We could come up with an entire novella. Uh, this could definitely go to the top of the charts. I can see it happening. And all of the kids' stories ended tragically. They did. <laughs> There's big fiery messes everywhere. <laughs> There's an unfortunate flamethrower that got into a tank in World War One as well. It was, took out the Major League Baseball player. Oh, man. I know. Grote's younger brother got the worst end of that one. So. I love it. <laughs> I will have to read those. Yes. Linked in the show notes page. And uh, we'll see everybody next time. Sounds good. Off you go. <laughs> Off I go. <laughs> If you have a question, want to visit our show notes page for each episode, or would like to share your own story, go to anokacountyhistory.org. Help History 21, the podcast, reach more ears by subscribing and reviewing on your podcast provider. We're all over social media, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram for all those who scroll by. And for our Vault members, you can find special access to podcast extras, as well as the latest digital resources at History 21, the Vault, located on our website. Remember, the present is the past of the future.